You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chess Mountain Church. What's up, y'all? Y'all already laughing. We hadn't even started. <laughs> it's your girl, your host, Kelsey Jones, and I'm here with my co-host, Young Beebs. What's up? What's up? Yeah, he I hates that. that. I hate I, that. <laughs> just, it just hit me that you said Beebs. Yeah. I was wondering why it, I didn't get a reaction. I think it's going to be every week you just say something. One of my new nicknames. Yeah, and I hope I have a different one every week because that would be awesome. But even more exciting than that yeah, is that we exciting. have a guest with us today. Beep, 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 beep. Our first. Yeah, this is so exciting. So our friend Courtney Hildebrandt is hey joining guys. us today. What's up, Courtney? Thanks up? for having me. I'm excited to be here. Man, we're really excited to dive into this conversation, yeah. talking about the doctrine of revelation from our second week of established with the Christian belief. But before we talk about anything loaded, I just got to ask a lighthearted question. Had Diablos for lunch today? Oh, Diablos. <laughs> yeah, and Diablos, you know, it was an old staple of mine, but... Ever since I've been introduced to Big Burrito, returning to Diablos mm. just hits different. I just gotta gotta get a consensus in the room. Are we Big Burritos people? Are Big we Diablos burritos. people? Big Burritos all the way, for sure. It's probably mm. what we're having for dinner. Yeah, I mean I love Big Burrito, but but I'll I'll take Diablos like you in know, a pinch. If I can't, if I'm not on that that side of town, you know. So it, it's a convenience thing. But both, if they want to sponsor the podcast, oh, uh, we're in. Come you know? on, somebody, Diablos, thank you for sponsoring my lunch be, today. It would be weird <laughs> if Diablos sponsored our Christian podcast, but this is yeah. Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh wow. man. Welcome to the podcast, y'all. Yep. Feels like an appropriate time to transition. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so week two, the doctrine. Of Revelation, really exciting place to start. And so in our Wednesday nights established, 6.30, be there or be, be square. And nobody wants to be square. No. It's for everybody. And we had the time of our lives talking about Revelation. And so the main idea from week two is that God has revealed himself to the world. In the doctrine of Revelation, we look at two different ways that God has made himself known to the world, both through general and special revelation. And this doctrine leads us to marvel that God wants us to know him. So ultimately, the goal of this is that through the doctrine of revelation is that we know and we grow in our love for God and his people. Yeah. And this is super exciting to me. I love that something that's been included in this doctrine is the need to marvel yeah. at God. Like we can't just grow so flippant that he's a casual thing. Like he's made himself known to us. That's a big freaking deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it and it's got to remain a big deal. So I want to start with this quote before we really dig in. It's coming from J.I. Packer. It says, it is a religion that is Christianity that rests on revelation. Nobody mm. would know the truth about God or be able to relate to him in a personal way had not God first acted to make himself known. Yeah. Absolutely. Come on, Packer. So, so here we are. <laughs> we are children of God <laughs> in knowing Jesus Christ that yeah. has allowed us to know the God of the universe personally. Mm. So let's go there. Let's go there. So general revelation. It's this commonly shared knowledge of God given to all of humanity. So kicking off, uh, I want to start reading in Psalm 19 verses 1 and 2. It says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge and when i really think about what that says like it should blow my mind 
right? <laughs> that nature's proclaiming God yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Like nature's not actually talking, but it's resounding the praises of our creator. And yeah. that's a pretty big deal. So let's let's chat about it. Courtney, where, where are you at when you hear something like this? What does that mean to you? How does how does that show you God through this kind of revelation? Well, even non-believers, like they can look at the world and be in awe of it. And I mean, like scientists that claim to be atheists, they're, you know, they're studying science and cells and space. And I mean, you know that their jaw is dropping. So to say that there's no God is almost just, it's almost in, in, not in, yeah, I guess in denial, Hmm. but they're just being adamant that they're not going to believe something that they are seeing with their own eyes. Mm yeah, I thought I had more to say, and then that was it. <laughs> That's good. No, I love, I love that, and, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. This, this idea that whether we've admitted it or not, whether we've realized it or not, we have this deep longing, and somewhere in us, a deep knowing that somebody had to have done this, mm-hmm. and that's how we see God. And I'm thinking about Romans one nineteen and twenty, and the tension that this creates yeah. for us. Bibi, I'd love for you to speak a little bit to that of. What do you what do you do with this idea that Paul's telling us that everybody knows? Yeah, well, let me read it for us Come real quick. On. It says, uh, 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. The things have been made so that they are without excuse. So there is this tension that... And what I love about doctrine is like a lot of times the church wants to run from tension. We want to resolve it and, uh, or maybe just ignore it. And there's a beautiful tension to press into here of this. We, we have been, we have such a good God that has made it plain to us that, that he exists. Now we as Christians know who the God is and our responsibilities to tell the world, but the fact that he has made himself known. And when we look at, uh, when we look at the beauty of creation, when we look at, nature we look at people we we are there is an internal uh struggle in us that knows whether you know jesus or not you that there is a creator that is worthy of our praise and um if not it's all chance and then it's like what are we doing there's too many details for it to be chance right too many right and i think it's important to like uh to just know that this is a beautiful like moment for us to be able to step into with people that aren't believers and be like yeah Help me understand, like the, I was driving home the other night and the sun was setting and the sky is just like lit up with these reds and orange and, per, and pinks and stuff. And it's like, is that just happenstance? Yeah. Or is that right. like, that's meant, to, that does something in me. Mm-hmm. And it does something even in the non-believer. They right. just don't give yep. the praise where it is deserved. Exactly. Right. Which is going back to what this doctrine should lead us to, which is to marvel yeah. at God, to be in awe of somebody had to have done that. And he did it to bring glory to himself, but also to make himself known to me. So while there's this massive element of mystery to God, he is still so personal that yeah. he reveals himself through his small kindnesses like a sunset. Yeah. And that's a really beautiful thing for us. And I would love to kind of talk Courtney about some practical ways that we play out general revelation. So obviously sunsets are a big piece of that. But where do you see that God's revealing himself in practical, general revealing ways? Um, so for those who don't know a lot about me, I 
I ride horses. I am an avid equestrian. Heck yeah. Come on. Um, so that's like the fancy word for Ooh, I, you know, I am an athlete that rides horses, yes, who, which is also an athlete. Um, <laughs> I sometimes I beg to be considered a better athlete than some because oh. my my tool has its own brain and weighs about weighs about 1200 pounds watch out watch it's out not a five pound ball but anyways um, i don't know i don't know enough about I other mean, sports the, to like even tension. like fight that but the, <laughs> the casual shade horse. so okay. anyways <laughs> obviously um horses were created by god um and I mean, from a young girl, I, I, you know, I just had an awe um, of these animals and, yeah. and God even has an awe of them. Like right. he mentions them multiple times in scripture and he's coming back on a white horse. And anyway, I just, I think Matt Chandler says that, uh, God's favorite animal is the horse. And I, you know, I have to agree with that, but anyway, um, Chandler's <laughs> always right too, right? Absolutely. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know such a boldly like that, sarcastic but... statement, BB. We don't have to cringe too much. <laughs> Um, but the more that I um, get like competitive and try to become a better and better equestrian and get more into um, be successful in this world, um, he just reveals himself more and more to me. Mm. And there's so many ways. And honestly, I could talk all day about it, but mm. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to talk all day about <laughs> it. Um, but I see it mostly in our 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 relationship with the horse and like my training of the horses that I ride and. Um, and how they have to like trust me as their mm -hmm. leader, um, which obviously we have to like trust God as our leader and our creator. Um, and mm -hmm. through the, I mean, in any discipline, um, the horse has to kind of carry themselves in a certain way yeah. um, in order to be healthy and be athletic, to be symmetrical and stronger. And, um, and I, you know, I can't help but think that like, that's that's how God deals with us too. Like we're supposed to carry mm -hmm. ourselves in a certain yeah. way, and it's healthier for us. Um, and sometimes it's it's hard, and it's not comfortable, and it is not easy. Yeah. Um, just like for for the horse, like I'll ask the horse to carry themselves in a certain way, and and especially the horse that I'm riding now because he's not used to this and he's new at it. Um, he he fights he fights me on it, and mm -hmm. uh, and it takes a while. But when he things click and he gets there. Um, there's just like this this light bulb that goes off and almost like a piece to himself mm. and this, i mean same with us like sometimes we fight it like we you know we fight that sin that we know we struggle with but we're not ready to let go of mm. and you know god's gonna push us and push us to carry ourselves in a way that he designed us to be care to for us to carry ourselves until we one day we're finally we're ready to let go and we're ready to submit to how mm. to what god wants for us um, that's so good. So definitely just a, you know, a practical way. And just, just, just the fact that like God creates us and he's created these animals. And like, he knew when he created me that I would be riding these horses that he also created. And then he perfectly timed it up to where, you know, now I've got a relationship. Um, but it's mm. just a cool way that he talks to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. It's so unique to the way that I understand general revelation. Cause obviously I do use a five pound ball instead of <laughs> a stallion, if you will. But, but you know, God Sorry, teaches no me through other, other forms of general revelation. So I think that's really special though, to, to get to hear from that. Is there anything else you feel BB that we really need to understand about general revelation? Anything else that you feel like we've missed here? No, I mean, I think that's it. Like, um, the beauty of God has created, 
he's he is the creator and the whole point of creation was to provoke in us worship Mm -hmm. and so um but what a beauty that he didn't just leave it to just creation for us to have that as the only source of knowledge of him right but he took it a step further but um there, there should be a tension for the believer especially with romans 1 that if the whole world is without excuse they are held accountable to there is a god um then the next part when we talk about special revelation and our ability to know God becomes even more urgent for us as the believer. So if the whole world is held accountable that there is a God, then there is then there is the reality that we are the ones held accountable to tell them who he is. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's attention. And there's beauty in it. There's beauty in this general revelation that we can, uh, when we look at a starry sky or the beach or whatever it is, a sunset, um, that we're there's awe we're all struck of who he is. Yeah. But the reality is the man in um, Nepal, who's never heard of Jesus mm-hmm. or the woman in Sudan that's never heard is held accountable because she's seen that there is a God according to Romans one. Yeah. It's such a tough, such a tough one. I had like a really light question I wanted to throw out, but we went heavy. So there we are. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back to the light one at the end. I wish you would stick around. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, we were talking about general revelation, but special revelation. Yeah. And I love, I love, I love this conversation. Special revelation is telling us that scripture is the mystery of God. It is made known in two different ways. It is revealed through scripture. And God is also revealed through Jesus Christ. And got to share a quote straight from BB, which oh, Lord. might make some of you nervous, but this one was good. I probably stole it from someone else. So No, I, I, think, I think you probably came up with this one. <laughs> I'm going to give you credit for it either way. But one of the things B.B. had said when he was teaching this um, this past week is that the Bible isn't for what should I do today, but rather who should I marvel at today. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard it said a similar way. I just got finished reading Jackie Hill Perry's Holier Than Thou. Slight plug. Can't recommend it enough. But one of the things that she spent a lot of time talking about is you become what you behold, yeah. which is a very similar principle. It's the who should I marvel at today is the same answer is who i should become like because mm-hmm. of who i should be yeah beholding that's good is that he is worthy of worship he is worthy of being known he has made himself known he's made himself available to us and the fact that he's done that through scripture is unbelievable yeah. <laughs> we have a book we have a place to go to to know personally the god of the universe mm. and so the big starting point with this which can really set us up to fail or to succeed in this area is that we've got to have agreed upon text. If we're not agreeing that the Bible is absolute truth, ultimate authority, then everything else is going to suffer from there, right? right? We've talked over and over about how right doctrine matters, and this has got to be the cornerstone of it, that we believe that the Bible is ultimate truth. I think the second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 really explain it well. That all scripture is God breathed mm-hmm. and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be fully equipped for every good work. And that that's it. That's the book that we're reading. Is that it is God's breath. <laughs> it is breathed out yeah. by God Himself. And I would love to hear, Courtney, um, why is that significant to you? Um well first it it's humbling to even to know that God took 
took the time. I mean, timing means nothing to him, but he didn't have to give us the scripture, right? but he did. And, and I, I don't know, I just see a lot of God's grace in that, um, that we can come to this every day and not everybody gets to come in by this. I mean, the Bible, I was putting my hand on my Bible, um, <laughs> but we get to come to the word every single day and study it. And I know mm-hmm. that there's a lot of people out there who don't have that. Um, but even, um, that's kind of our responsibility. Like you were talking about earlier, BB, of like going and telling people, um, but getting the word out to them. Um, one thing I was thinking about, um, this morning as I was going through, um, some notes, um, was how like special revelation is scripture and Jesus, like God being revealed through scripture and Jesus. Hmm. And, you know, another, uh, piece to the puzzle with that is the Holy Spirit. Like mm-hmm. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit and we need the Holy Spirit in order to study the scriptures. Um, so and I would say, I would not, I mean, I wouldn't dare to say, but I'm going to boldly say that like yeah. we can't correctly read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Say it so. bold. <laughs> say it bold. Say it with your chest. Um, and well, That's I may so be good. jumping ahead. Jump ahead. <laughs> Go wherever. Okay, so Kelsey had sent me some notes this morning, like I was I was saying, but um, I believe I can't rem- I'm not sure where it was, but and I can't remember exactly what you said, but you, um, oh my goodness, well, I can't even remember like the the question. Anyway, anyway, one one note that I had jotted down. Um, I guess the question doesn't really matter, but God like God never intended for us to read the scripture without the reliance on the Holy Spirit, yeah, right, right and in those three scripture, Jesus, Holy yeah. Spirit, like it's. It's all one thing. Oh, Breeland. <laughs> Shout out to Breeze. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> or, that's more like a wop, wop, Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, we like we have to have we have to be reliant on the Holy Spirit um, yeah. in order to yeah. have have a perfect understanding. Yeah. That's so good. It is impossible to read the scripture the way it was intended to be read without yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yep. So we can sit two people down, a non-believer and a believer, have them read the same text, and it's going to be totally different. Uh, yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Yep. And that's the, like, what does Paul say in Corinthians? That it is the gospel, the mm-hmm. good news of who Jesus is and what God has done on our behalf, is the stench of death to those that are perishing. Right. Yeah. Like, and so when we're going to read this, it'll just feel like a list of rules and do's and don'ts mm-hmm. and uh, weird names and just ancient history that doesn't matter. Or we read it as a life. Yeah. Um, I feel like I heard JT English call it the that scripture that in Timothy where he's saying like it's God breathed, but it's it's also breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that that the idea that scripture isn't just isn't just breathed at one time, but it is it is breathing. Yeah. It is living and doing something in us. So when we read yeah. it, it's written, you know. 2000 some years ago or whatever and but like today you you're reading it this morning and it's doing something in you. yeah we'll read it tonight and we'll do something in us one because we have a desperate reliance on the holy spirit right mm-hmm. and god's spirit speaking to us is a beautiful thing right right, right. makes me think about um some psalm the verse of just open my eyes that i may behold the wonderful things in your law like yeah if i'm not asking mm. that my eyes be open chances are i'm missing yeah. what he intended for me to know. So yeah. it's like I can read and get something out of it, but have I completely missed what God would have 
revealed to me about himself like did i miss it because i was unwilling to wait on the spirit mm. yeah. because i never asked to begin with that's so good and it depends on who like who's on the throne in that mm. moment Ooh, is hello. it yourself or is it jesus like if we read the bible wow and ourselves are on the throne and we're trying to make ourselves feel good about something or we're trying to puff up wow. our knowledge because of something Clip then that. there's there's going to be misunderstanding there's going right. to be yeah misinterpretation i don't know that's yeah. so good man that's good court <laughs> that is so important so important you know one of the, one of the things as i'm listening to to you talk courtney is just thinking about the way you're talking about the importance of the spirit and the characteristics of the spirit that are helpful so that we can discern scripture like i, I think it's so interesting that the bold adjectives we can use to describe scripture um, are also true of god himself so when we're talking about scripture being authoritative it's without error it's self-authenticating yeah. it's sufficient that is god's own character so the word is not only him revealing himself but his character has been tangibly made known to us yeah. through this book and so we're seeing all throughout that he's exactly who he says he is mm-hmm. but i can't say it enough can't say it a better way can't do it apart from him right yeah because what's the point and God giving us something to reveal himself to us and missing God in the middle of it. Yeah. And and that's, man, Courtney, you just said it so much better than I have. I just, gosh, I love that. And our boy, Eric, whose last name we still are unsure of how to pronounce. Mm. One of the questions. Yep. Good old Eric. E.T. Phone home. (laughs) I'm glad you caught on. Yeah. You you set me up. (laughs) He ooped me. I scored. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so one of the questions that he poses in his book talking about life's biggest questions, talking about specifically the doctrine of revelation, is if the Bible is clear mm. in what it says, because that's a principle of scripture is that it is clear, even though we get really confused by it, right? right? Why does it seem that there's so much disagreement about what it says, especially among Christians? So I guess... If I'm spinning off that a little bit, why would God give us a book that reveals himself to us, that is clear in who he is, but is also so muddy in interpretation? Why Why would he allow both things? Because it is very controversial, especially in Christian circles, a lot of the time when we get into the lines of interpretation and misinterpretation. So what's the why? Well, one, I think it's because God wants us to submit to him. Um, and rely on him. I also would even push back too. like, I don't think, I don't know if I believe that the Bible is really that muddy when you, if you study it. Yeah. Um, we like to think, uh, and we, by I say we, uh, as American Christians, one, we want to think the world revolves around America. Right. Um, which is like such an arrogant thing, but the book wasn't written to us. Yeah. Like yeah. these are letters written to like, especially in the new Testament, they're letters written to churches, to specific people um, in the old Testament as well. But it's this idea of if I go and I'm reading, um, for instance, right now we live in chaos times and everyone wants to think that revelation is about America. Yep. Yeah. It ain't written to us. <laughs> no, it's, it's for us. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, it is good for us, Yep. but it was written to Jerusalem. Yeah. Right. 
in the first century when Rome is like ransacking them. So I think I think it is muddy and confusing for the people that don't want to do the hard work of study. That's fantastic. And but if we understand context, 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 we cannot read scripture out of context yeah. because then I'll make that's how you find that's how you fall into heresy. All heresy was birthed out of scripture taken out of context. Right. And so it's that reality of like um, I think the we want to disagree because we want to write ourselves into the text. Yeah, yeah. And we want to make the text solely about me. And not about God. Right. And if we mm-hmm. if we want to do the if we want to do the correct work of being good students to figure out why they're writing it to it, who they're writing it to, what's going on, but also make like you don't have to make it's already there, but just see God as the main object of the story. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's it. I think Christians, um, one, I think we go back to, uh, for the non-believer, they can't read they read the scripture muddy because they don't they don't know God. Yeah. And they're not, yeah. their eyes have not been open to see it. That's huge. Um, for the Christian, we let our sin get in the way. Yeah. Um, and we, we let our selfishness. It, I love this. We, we put ourselves on the thrones right. when we read it. And we are never meant to be there. We're meant That's to right. be face down at the foot of the cross, thanking him. Yeah. Now we get to come in with confidence, but it's because he's on the throne. That's right. 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 Um, I think I remembered the, the question that you sent me. And, um, and you probably were just like typing up some stuff and sending it to me. But one of the things that you like how you worded it was like, why did God entrust us with the interpretation of the Bible? Yeah. And my I think my response to that is he didn't. He didn't entrust us with the interpretation of the Bible. He entrusted the spirit. Come like, on. I'm going to come back to like fan spirit. that flame. Yeah. You can't see me, but I'm fanning. <laughs> but you you have you have to. So, of course, a nonbeliever is going to misinterpret the scripture, of course. You know, somebody who's coming in and um, trying to make them feel like make themselves feel better about a situation or a sin that they're in. Like, of course, they're going to misinterpret the Bible because they're not relying on the Holy Spirit. Right. So so then what what do you do in a practical way to to understand the Bible better? Right. So it's a very different situation if we're talking about the nonbeliever, like you're saying, Courtney, like I don't have the spirit. So. I can only work so hard to understand what has not been revealed to me, and I will always fall short. I'll always come up short because God has not appointed that time mm-hmm. <laughs> of understanding, yeah. right? So that's a piece of it. But for the believer yeah. that is really struggling in the interpretation piece of, I have this book, I have this access that's been yeah. given to me through the Holy Spirit, but I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. What, what, are, what are we thinking are best practices, or how can I understand this better? Yeah. Uh, you should be involved in a church that preaches the Bible. Yep. Right. That makes much of Jesus in the scripture. Mm. Um, I'd recommend too, like as a book, if we want a resource, Jen Wilkin wrote a book, Women of the Word. Heck yeah. Men don't let that scare you. The only thing in there that is for the women are really the illustrations. But the meat of the book is for the believer to be able to read the Bible effectively. Yeah. Um, but do it in community. Like be able yeah. to read the scripture. Yeah. Don't rely on what other people say. That's right. Right. Do the work in, in um, dependence on the Holy Spirit to reveal. Mm-hmm. But like, and then what, what I love about what we do at Establish is we do it theology and community. That's right. So when we do fall into like maybe an error, we have someone that can call us back into correction. Right. And um, yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest things, if you aren't a part of Chestnut Mountain Church, find a church that preaches the word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that clings himself to it and makes that the 
banner of that church is Jesus Christ. That's right. Because if not, there's bigger issues. Like if the right. if the church, if the pastor isn't proclaiming Christ and Christ crucified through the scripture, you have no shot at being able to read the Bible effectively right. in that community. Yeah. But if they are, you're going to sit under solid teaching. will help you read the Bible better. Yep. But then be a part of a group, but also like do the hard work of reading scripture. Yeah. There are going to be days mm-hmm. you walk away that you didn't have this light bulb moment. The amount of times that I read the Bible and just feel like, man, I don't know what that was. Yeah. I don't know what just happened. Right. Like we're recording this in January. So a lot of us are in a Bible reading plan that we're like, we're going to read through the Bible in a year and we're getting oh, really yeah. close to Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> like there's going to be days you just walk away and like, I don't know what that was about. That seems yeah. terrifying. Yeah. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit will store that up in your heart, mm-hmm. and on that rainy, dark night of the soul, mm. yeah. He's gonna He's gonna pull it back out. Yeah. yeah, we can't know everything all at once immediately. Like no. you know, yeah. why why would That's God good. completely sanctify us at the beginning, early stages of our life? But yeah. And that's the beauty of being a Christian is mm. the idea of being a lifelong learner. Yeah. Like, isn't yeah. that for, for eternity? Yeah. We're jumping ahead like a few weeks, but <laughs> the idea of, like, uh, I'm teaching about it tonight. This idea of like, this is the beauty of eternity yeah. that we are going to constantly be learning about him. Yeah. Um, so as frustrated as we get at times of like, I wish I knew that or what was going on. I got all of eternity to learn about him. Right. Because he's revealed himself. And he's revealed himself through his word. He's revealed himself through Jesus. And he's revealed him in that. That's a beautiful thing that we get to marvel yeah. for eternity on this. Yeah. Man, that's so good. Well, let's but marvel. if you're type A, that's a struggle, right? Let's marvel a little bit at Jesus. Maybe. Let's marvel at him. <laughs> so thankful for the word, but thankful that God has also revealed himself through his yeah. son, through Jesus Christ, the incarnation. Phoebe, what does incarnation mean? Why does it matter that we know it? Yeah, so... The incarnate Christ means that God put on flesh so that uh, he did not, the, rea- the the beauty of the Christian faith, like other religions, this is distant God that we're trying to get to. The beauty of the Christian faith is that God put on flesh and came to us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and the significance of this is like, we'll get into this later weeks when we study Christology and the yeah. study of Christ, but like, um, God putting on flesh and living this 100% God, 100 or fully God, fully man, um, is important because we we when we see Christ, we see we see the the beauty of who God is. We see God, but also it it is the grounds of our salvation. Yep. If He is not, if Christ is not the incarnate Messiah, yeah, then we have no shot at salvation. Right. And so the significance of that is that reality of. Um, this is the hope of what the beginning of the story was always pointing us to. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, Genesis one, all of creation, Genesis two, creation three, the world falls apart. The plan from the very, I would say from the foundation of the world yeah. was Christ. Yeah. Um, God in his foreknowledge knew God in his ordaining good plan knew that that's right. It would be the plan to crush his son. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense to us, but that's right. the reality. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and so the significance of that, you think of uh, we don't have time to read it, but like in Philippians two, like mm-hmm. we're seeing the the hymn of Christ and yeah. who He is, and this is the beauty of He did not count Himself uh, like He counted Himself worthy to suffer. This idea that He came off of His throne, mm-hmm. put on flesh, and dwelt among men. Yeah. So one, I can relate to a God because He knows how I suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
but he is perfect in it. So he could be the perfect sacrifice. Yeah. We're jumping ahead, getting, but this is the beauty of it. Yeah. You want me to read this JT uh, quote or you got it? If you don't, I will. I love this. God is made known in Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus is the perfect revelation of who God is. Jesus is God's explanation of himself. God is exactly as Jesus does. And this is the beauty. When we see Jesus, when we read the gospel accounts, we see how he loved people, how he was gentle, but he was harsh to the religious. This is the heart of Christ. This is exactly who God is. And so if we want to know who God is, we look no further than Jesus. One, Jesus Mm -hmm. is God, but in the flesh, that is who he is. Right. So in all of our minds, growing up, God's a angry, white, bearded man sitting on a cloud throwing lightning bolts at us. No, no, no. He's a gentle, lowly servant. Yeah. Right. But he is the conquering king coming on the white yeah. horse. Yeah. Um, so I love that, that these two comparisons of him, right? right. I love the white horse, too. Tatted up, oh, sword yeah. out of his mouth. It's going to be awesome. So cool. <laughs> Come quickly. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we let ourselves going back to that word marvel at god he feels mm. big he feels distant still when i marvel because yeah. I, I think about the picture that, that john gives us in, in revelation or the picture that isaiah gives us of of what the throne looks like what the throne room looks like how people are responding how creatures are responding around the throne and still sometimes even in that while god is making himself personal through his word he also feels really big yeah um in a good way in a healthy way but sometimes he still feels distant but the thing that just continues to be grace to me and that blows my mind is that he doesn't feel so distant anymore because he he sent a son Mm. yeah and so i can know more of God than I would ever be able to understand because of how I've seen it play out in yeah. Jesus and that Jesus is human was <laughs> human as I am human and he walked life like I walk through life of course he did it perfectly and yeah. I'm very much not doing that <laughs> but it, it's relatable all of a sudden this God that has been so distant Jesus is the bridge <laughs> that mm. has come to help me understand that there is a relationship and an opportunity to know this God, to have access yeah. to this God. Yeah. yeah. And how do we not, how do I not have my faith in the Bible mm-hmm. so much more? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like whenever I was really young, like a conversation I had a lot was, you know, I felt like I needed to read the Bible all the time. And then it was like, oh, well, people give you a pat on the back. It's okay if you don't actually read it all the time because people have lives and people do other things. I think the older I get, it's the opposite of why would I ever spend my time doing Mm. anything else when I have an opportunity to know the God of the universe and I have full access, full availability all of the time. Yes. All of the time. How... How could I not lose my mind over this? And it's it just becomes so casual. Yeah. Like the Bible is a book that collects dust for us, or Jesus is just another guy that happens to be in this book of history, when in reality, God himself. God himself. <laughs> like what what more is there to be said mm-hmm. about it? And I'm I'm so excited in coming weeks to unpack the Trinity and the attributes of God that really should make us continue to marvel, but it's supposed to provoke worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of it, all of it. And if I ever 
find myself in a place that this doesn't absolutely bring me to my knees and wreck me who do i think i am and what mm. have i lost sight of yeah right like how, how do we not mm. marvel over this and i guess the question it makes me ask is you know we have these two types of special revelation through the word through jesus christ himself so putting those two things together how should the way we see jesus treat the scriptures right even though he's living out the new and he's reflecting and carrying with him the fulfillment of the old yeah. but his attitude towards scripture like how should that impact us mm. you want me to go or you got it you go i mean i think one of the the greatest examples <laughs> sorry pastor brandon sloan in the background <laughs> living his best life uh how does Jesus handle temptation? He quotes scripture. Yeah. And so I'm thinking of like, and he's expounding on the, we see he's opening up the scroll of Isaiah. And, and so like we see this, this idea of like, if the son of God, son of man, like this idea, if he was desperate for the word, why would I not be? Yeah. And I think it all comes back down to this idea of what you said earlier, Courtney, is Who's on the throne of my heart? Yep. Have I put myself? I love, um, there's another podcast called This Cultural Moment. Mark Sayer says, uh, we want the kingdom without the king. Yeah. And um, and what, it, like, how realistic is that in my life? Like, I want the blessings of God. I want the knowledge of who God is without an intimacy with him. Yeah. And so I think uh, a lot of times, if we're not careful, especially when it comes to like theology and doctrine, we can become so um, obsessed with knowing yeah. and without, without dwelling with them. Right. And, um, and so that's the reality is like, for me, um, I never want to be a student that um, is only about a head knowledge. Right. Like yeah. I want it to affect my heart. And so when I, re when I read who he is, that he's like the heart of Christ, right? He's gentle and lowly. Come to me all who are weak. Yeah heavy laden i'll give you rest i'm gentle and lowly in spirit like that's who he is and i want that to wreck me yeah and then i want to i want to i want to in, like have that become who i am right um so the rest of the world will see the goodness of god mm. so i think it, i think um yeah i just think at the end of the day like we can become so the tendency is that we're going to always put ourselves on the throne yeah. And then we got to die to ourselves. Yeah. That's the Christianity that no one wants to talk about, but that is <laughs> the Christianity right. of the Bible is take up your cross and follow yeah. me. Take up your death, die to self and follow me Yeah. because the enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy by enticing us with different things. Yeah. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and life abundantly. So I got to die to myself. Yeah. I got to rip myself off the throne and remind myself that I can't even get there anyways. That's right. My little, pitiful kingdom is awful i want to serve the king who is the king right so that's my little tangent <laughs> love the tangent and that's that's just it if if he is who the word tells us that he is mm -hmm. and the word tells us that he is not just the king but he is the king of all kings that's right then he deserves his rightful throne and that should provoke in us a response of worship yeah and because we have the world that he's created, which is such a kind grace to give us mm. view of his heart. 
<laughs> so kind. We have that and the word and his only son. Yeah. What more do I think I need? Yeah. Why why am I so restless and wanting more when he's given me all that I'll ever need of himself and then abundantly more? And that's great news for us. So y'all have any closing thoughts? Anything else? Jesus, the Bible, the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> I did have one last thought, even though I feel like my brain has like shut off. But um, <laughs> I was thinking about how, you know, the fact that I have special revelation and the more that I under grow in my relationship with Jesus and study the word. And so this understanding of the of his the way that he reveals himself to me through those things. So the more that my special revelation grows, like mm. my general revelation also gets deeper and provokes Ooh. more and more worship. Um, and it's, it's fun to see Watch those two work together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's so good. I mean, what, what gold has Courtney dropped <laughs> so much more than us in the I least mean, offensive way possible. I mean, I agree. I agree. I think she should just replace me on the, the pod oh goodness she can alternate weeks with us <laughs> yeah. i'm sure would be a great fan of hosting but well i mean i'm really good at awkward silences so if y'all want some I'm, more of those i'm a big fan i'd be one. glad to provide i'm a big fan we got it we got to be thinking i love it um this is it like the bible is the source of truth yeah. and so if you have not read it today like it it is a it is a shame to come just to us to hear about the bible Amen. when we have the word Amen. of god like the end of the day, like, um, or anyone, like, there's a lot better Bible teachers out there in the world, and like, but the reality is, we have, as a believer, we have the Spirit yeah. testifying to who He is, yep. and um, through His Word. So, if you haven't read it, like, you should close this out and listen to the Holy Spirit through His Word. Right. So, I love the jump hyper quote. Like, if you want to hear God, if you want to hear from God, read the Bible. If you want to hear Him out loud, read the Bible out loud. Yeah. It's that idea of like, man, we got the Word of God. There's no other, there's not an additional revelation coming. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is final. And so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. He needs no addition and he needs no correction. That I mean, we, we have all sufficiency. Yeah. In God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And what a gift it is that he's given us direct access to himself. That's good. Through these things. So, man, what a helpful conversation. I love these days that we get to spend talking about these things because we're also doing theology and community right. in these moments yeah, that we are sounding things out. We are talking through things. And so I'm thankful for the conversation. Courtney, really thankful yeah, for you being for here. Um, yeah, just for the things me. that you added and the things that you've given me to yeah. go back and think about. So and, good. and thank you for helping us understand like these these doctrines are supposed to work together. Yeah. yeah. Like when I grow in one, I should also grow in the other yeah. and it should deepen in me a love and a knowledge of God himself. So friends, thanks for being with us. Go slow, get low, and fix your eyes on Jesus. See you next time.